You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the LA International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in LA since 1989. Buenos dias. It's great to be here. Better a smiling minister than a grumpy minister, I would say, right? Uh, you know, today I, I get the treat to be able to share with you uh, just the impact you make by giving to special missions. Uh, and obviously even seeing the hope of the video of hope, it, it's really encouraging to know that we can give to a few things and really make an impact. Uh, before I get started, I did want to, I know uh, uh, this is the title of the lesson. You can write it down. You'll see it again. Just wanted to make sure that that was up there. But thank you, first of all, to the Chows for having me come up and taking a risk and hearing me speak. And I normally do it in Spanish all the time, but, you know, I get to do it in English. Uh, and for me, that's a treat because I grew up in the U.S. I was born in, in the city of Compton. So you know somebody that was born in the city of Compton? Yes. Uh, my ho- The hospital I was born is not there anymore, but I, trust me, I was born there. It's called Dominguez Hospital. If you've been around, you knew where that hospital was at. Uh, but it's really cool because I grew up uh, uh, here in the U.S., but obviously still with a lot of the culture of the Spanish ministry, Spanish, going to visit Abuela in Tijuana most of the time. And it was just great to have that in my heart even growing up. But then being a part of Spanish ministry, at first it was in my heart. You know how at first when you grow up here, you kind of go, yeah, I don't know, you know, our culture at times. and But it really won my heart again. And so for me to be able to speak in uh, uh, Spanish, is a, it's a treat now. I love it. I love doing it. But now to speak in English, it's always, to me, encouraging because it doesn't take as much thought. It comes a little bit easier, a little bit more freely. Uh, any of you guys that know a little bit of another language, it's a little difficult to, to kind of, you know, be translating in your head most of the time. And so it's really a treat to, to be here and, and to be here with you guys. Thank you. Thank you for uh, just being able to uh, be here with you guys. Amen? So as I continue, this is my beautiful wife and my beautiful daughter. Uh, that's Jimena, and that's my daughter, Tatiana. She's five years old, and also wanted to instill in her learning Spanish so she would learn both languages. And right now she's in a dual immersion. I, I was hoping that Gabby can have a chat with her there, and uh, both learning Spanish and at the same time learning English. So it's a great, great thing. But that's that's my little family. Uh, we've been married for going on 18 years this month, or the, sorry, in August, this year I meant. And so it's really cool. Uh, I really believe only in the church do we get to uh, enjoy and, and really put God first and, and have uh, incredible marriages in the church when you have God. So that's my beautiful family. Second thing is I have the privilege and the honor uh, to lead the Spanish ministry, which is MLA, Ministerio Latinoamericano. Uh, which basically all it says is it's a Spanish ministry, and uh, the, the, where you see this as being a, an incredible part is that we reach out to really those extended family members that would, would come to a service like yours and still feel a little bit like, yeah, I need a translation, I need this, but when they go there, they feel at home. And so we're able to bring the tios and the tias and the abuelos and the abuelas, and so they feel at home when they come to our service because they're hearing it in their language. And so it's really, to me, it's really, really special to continue to reach out to the Spanish community. And we're, uh, we're actually in, we were actually in Long Beach. We moved up just a little bit to Paramount because we're in the process of purchasing a building. And so it's really exciting time for the Spanish ministry. 
Uh, in reality, it's going to be the region's building, but we get to use it because it's right there for us, and, and it's incredible. And I just appreciate, again, all the support from the region to be able to have a, a building to meet in and also to use it for other things. Uh, so it's really, really incredible. Thank you again so much for the support of the Spanish ministry. Amen? All right. Make it an impact. Your giving makes a difference. Do you really believe that? I hope that today you will, I will be able to express to you, share with you, and that you get to put together that all the giving that you do really, really makes a huge impact. We get to see it a little bit more because even though you give to also the Middle East, and I'll share a slide about that, you also give to Mexico and Central America. Obviously, we have a lot of members that have family still in Mexico and Central America. And so I hope that you get to see and feel that what you do, what you give, really makes a huge impact. Let's start with Acts 20, 35. A lot of us know it. This is Paul talking about Jesus, and he says, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And really, you know, if you're the recipient and you love gifts, obviously you're like, yes, I love that too. But it also reminds us that giving really brings a joy to people. You know, you guys are serving the poor. People have this huge smile when you're serving, giving to them. In the same way, you know, Paul just reminds the church, remember, it's more blessed to give than to receive. God always wants us to keep that heart. Keep that heart soft in giving. Keep that heart soft in serving others. Keeping that heart soft because he knows it helps our heart. I know it helps my heart when I am uh, asked to give or serve. At first you feel that little like, right? You, you know, you're like, really? Can you find somebody else? But the reality is once you start doing it, like, oh, man, this is great. Why do I even, why do I even doubt, right? And that's what, that's what God reminds us of. Paul's reminding us there to really continue to do that. Philippians. 410, and this is where we're going to stay. This is our main sort of uh, uh, scriptures here. And the reason why I picked Philippians, it just reminds, you know, when you read Philippians, it's Paul's in prison. He's giving some direction. But at the end of the letter, he's thanking the church. And he's thanking them for everything they've done and everything that they've given. And so it's really cool to to really even see that. Here's, here's Paul thanking a church for all the stuff that they've done. You know, when I think about the West Church, I think about this is where the Alley Church started. You know, when you think about the West, you're going, wow, this is awesome. Because there's so many churches because of this church being planted. And so it's, it's amazing when you think about it, what you have continued to do and continue to do as well now, it's really still continuing to impact many, many people. Philippians 4.10 says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Paul talking about himself. I've learned what it is to be in need. I've learned what it is 
to not have enough. I've learned what it is. I go, but I've figured it out. The secret of being content in any and every situation. When I think about us that live here in the U.S., I know I, I am struggling if my ice machine broke. Because I love ice in my coffee, in my water. Man, I enjoy it. You go to another country and they tell you, be careful when you, when you eat the ice. And, and here we have so much that we forget how much it is to have. Or, and, and we forget that if we didn't have any at some point, we kind of forget because it's so distant. I know for me, when I looked at the scripture, it reminded me of there was a time that my dad was working. He was a mechanic, top of the line mechanic, working on the big uh, garbage, garbage, garbage truck, garbage truck cars or trucks, I guess I would say, right? And, and I remember him, he would work on those, he would make good money, and one of those points, he ends up working on this truck that it got stalled. They called him, he goes to it, and he's under the truck, and he's working on it. And then the guy, he tells the guy to either put it in neutral or something, and the guy accidentally puts it in reverse. It literally runs over my dad, and he's between like the two tires that are kind of close together. So you can imagine after that, my dad couldn't work. And I remember for the first time, I thought we always had a lot. You know, we used to go to the supermarket back in the days. You go to the supermarket, you fill it up, man. The cart was like this full of stuff. We always had so much. But then after that, I remember we had to figure out how to make money. And it was one of those moments that I remember we really had to figure out how to survive. When you go from making a certain amount of income to almost nothing. And I remember we were picking up cardboard. I remember we were uh, uh, getting stuff that people would throw away, we'd get it, we'd clean it up, and then my mom would go sell it at the swap meet. I remember just, you know, doing different things. We had plenty of beans all the time. You, if you go to a good Mexican home, there's always plenty of beans and rice. And that's where you learn how to make burritos, you learn how to make tacos, you learn how to make whatever it is. If either fried, warm, doesn't matter, you figure it out. But there was always plenty of food. But there was that moment of we didn't have enough. And we were all pitching in. Everybody had to pitch in. All of us, from the youngest to the oldest, we were all doing something to make things work, happen. And my mom was so creative. Uh, I mean, it was just, again, at the end of the day, you look back and you go, man, that was actually a time where it bonded all of us. And the reason why I share that is because when you look at some of our second and third world countries, they learn to survive that way. They learn to live that way. When I think about Mexico, Mexico and Central America, you know, Mexico is technically, they're saying it's more of a second world country, not a third world country. But now financially, some people say, no, it's still a third world country. But at the end of the day, they really have a lot of things, but their average salary is around 843 a month. That's average salary. Imagine if we lived on 843 a month. Central America is... A lot of the countries there are, are third world countries, and their average salary is about three fifty three a month, which is right even less, right? So you're going, wow. What, it, what inspires me is that our brothers and sisters in Mexico and Central America, they make it work. They make it happen. And, and it's cool because not only do they make it happen, they're preaching the word. And they're converting people. And they're helping people. So when we give, when we, when we give our special, when we give to hope, all those things, it makes such an impact on so many families. 
that you don't realize how much of an impact it does. Now, think about this. The church has been around now for more than 20 years. I'm going to give you some of the, the churches. There's 31 churches in Mexico, which is close to uh, 6, 000, more than 6,500 members. This is numbers from 2016. But you have Acapulco, Acapulco, Aguascalientes, Cancún, Ciudad Juárez, Cuautla, Cuernavaca, Culiacán, Guadalajara, León, Mérida, Mexicali, Mexico City, Monterrey, Morelia, Oaxaca, Pachuca, Puebla, Querétaro, Saltillo, San Luis Potosí, Tampico, Tepic, Tijuana, Tlaxcala, Toluca, Veracruz, Villahermosa, Zacatecas, and recently they planted Ensenada and Colima. And by the way, Cuba. Which is not in Mexico. But they support that church. 31 churches. 6,518 members. It's exciting when you go down there and get to visit some of these churches. Now, this is just Mexico. Central America, you have 11 churches in Central America with about almost 2,000 members. Belize City, San Jose, San Salvador, Guatemala City, Enchela, Honduras, Comayagua, San Pedro Sula, and Tegucigalpa, Nicaragua, Managua, and Malpaisillo, and Panama City. When you support the MCA, when you support Mexico and Central America, this is what you're supporting. And when you look at what you give, because we give uh, 200,000 uh, to MCA and 200,000 to the Middle East. And you've got to understand what it covers is some of the minister's minister salary, not all of it. So they only get a portion to be able to do what they do and have a passion for. Training of leadership, travel for training, campus events, and campus interns. This is all to preach the word of God and then not have to, yet a lot of them still have to have a job to be able to make ends meet. But what we give helps so much. The Church of Guadalajara sent me a video, which I want to encourage you guys with. And it's so cool to see all the things that are happening and they're planning to do with the church in that city. Before we go to the video, when was the last time you visited a second or third world country? Let me tell you, if you haven't, I encourage you to do it. I encourage you to do it because you will come back different. You will come back a lot more grateful. You come back going, man, my ice machine works. Water comes out of here. I just put things here to warm up. There's so many places to eat. Not that there isn't over there. But a lot more establishments that you know you're going to be fine. But just realizing that if you get to do something like this, you will come back with a different perspective. Philippians 4, 14, 16. After this, I'll show you the video. It says, Yet it was good of you to share my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. You know, a lot of these brothers and sisters, this is how they feel about the L.A. church and all the churches here in the L.A. church because... We never stopped giving. When a lot of the churches went through some challenges, we never stopped giving. Thank you. Thank you for your continued giving. Thank you for your continued support. Because I'll tell you right now, these brothers and sisters are so grateful because you continued to do so. 
Here's a video. Hopefully that will work. Your giving produces fruit. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your service and sacrifice. As you can see, the churches in Mexico continue to grow and continue to build, continue to grow in unity as well. Uh, as you saw recently at the end, they, they named two elders for the first time in Mexico, uh, which is something, a plan they need to continue to do because they need more elders. And they also appointed uh, three new teachers uh, which are people that have uh, gone to school, studied, got theology, all this, and they're now being able to help and teach the church as well. And now they have teachers uh, within the congregation. So it's incredible to see what God is doing. Philippians 4, 17 and 20. says, Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I receive full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, one thing is to understand or to be in need or uh, not have enough, but when you realize you know, really, in Christ, we have so much. We are so full with Christ. We, we have more friends than we know what to do with at times, right? We have more parties and banquets to go to than we know what to do with. Uh, we have so many birthday parties for our kids. If you have kids, there's always one going on. I mean, in reality, we have so much. You know, but Paul here is what he's asking the church now. And what I ask you is, it says, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. Since I received full pain, I have more than enough. So I amply supply now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, because they're a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. I think what we can't forget is how much we give, serve. It is really a fragrant offering to the Lord. You know, at times we get a little mixed up. Well, I give to that, and I give to that, and I, well, I already gave to that. So now I don't know if I want to give any more. And the reality is, when we, when we decide in our hearts to not give anymore, wherever that may be, we're really taking away that fragrant offering to the Lord, from the Lord. And I think what I want you to give from today, and, and again, just everything that you do already and everything that you've given is that a special offering equals a fragrant offering pleasing to God. We can't forget how much that pleases God. We can't forget that because we do live somewhere where we have so much, don't let our hearts become weary or wrestle or struggle. And, and, and it's easy to do that, right? I mean, it's so easy to wrestle with that. But yet not to forget that what we do, what we give to special, to hope, to the church, is a fragrant offering to the Lord. If we forget that, if we start putting our heads, well, I'm giving to that, program and I'm giving to that event and I'm giving, then, then it doesn't become about God anymore. And that's exactly what Satan wants. He wants to steal that from you and say, yeah, 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 stop giving. What about you? What about what I want? And at times we can go, go there and we, we don't realize that we're doing that. 
And we forget that what we give is an offering to the Lord. You know, what I always tell myself, I don't ever want to forget that. I don't ever want to forget what God has done for me. I don't ever want to forget that what I give is, a, is an offering to God. Not only that, not only an offering, but a fragrant offering. Right? We know what it's like to walk in a room where there's fragrance. We know, we know when we walk into a room and we know that there's, it smells good. And then we know when we walk into other rooms, we're like, I, I need to spray something here. And we forget. But in reality, we can't lose this heart. We can't lose this heart that what we give is a fragrant offering to the Lord. We just can't ever forget that because we have so much, so much. You know, I wanted to share, do you see your giving as a fragrant offering to God? I need to ask you that because I think that's, we need to do those heart checks once in a while. Do you see your giving as a fragrant offering to God? Or have you forgotten? Have you forgotten that this is what this means? You know, we know a special comes around once a year. A special is there all the time. It's not going to go away because we need it for our hearts. And I hope it never goes away because I know I need it. But, you know, now with CCB and giving online, man, I just give that every month. And by the end of the year, when we have special again, I already gave it. I feel great. I didn't have to struggle through all that. I was able to do it with a great heart. And that's when God says, it's a fragrant offering. Do you still see your giving as a fragrant offering? I just want to encourage you again that what you give makes an impact. What you give not only impacts over there, but it impacts people here. I'm going to show you a couple. Uh, this couple is called Alson and Olivia Gobea. They're part of our ministry over there in MLA. And it's so cool because as soon as she got converted, she called her mom. Hey, mom, you got to go to this church. Mom, you got to go check it out. And then the mom's like, worry, no, who is this? And what are they? And what do they do? And are you sure? And, and she was a little panicky at first. The mom started going to church. Not more than probably two, three months later after she was converted, her mom got converted and her grandma got converted. And that's because we had a connection with the Querétaro Church in Mexico. And it's so cool because you see that happening, right? And then you're like, wow, that's so awesome. See, for us, we get to see it all the time because we have members in our church that are impacted by the special that we give. And I'm like, I got to bring this to you guys as well because you got to see that what you're doing makes such a huge impact. And we can't forget that. And I know we don't see the faces and we don't see the encouragement. And and maybe we got to do this more often. But the reality is, man, what you do, it helps so many people. Here's another example. This is uh, Gina uh, and Rafael Reyes. If you guys know Jonathan and Christian Galvan, that's, their, that's his uncle. Uh, uh, and that's his, their tia, right? Their aunt. And it's so cool because she been wanting to go to Mexico to see her dad. And dad was in the hospital. Dad got really sick, really ill. And she's like, we can't go. But what if we find the church that's close to where my dad is at? Maybe we can have some brothers go out there and reach out to him. And the church was so far from where her, her dad lived that dad got really sick. And then they actually sent him to Guadalajara 
to be at a hospital there because they had more, they were able to take care of him there. So what she does is she calls her brother that leads the church in Guadalajara, Frank Botello. And he says, hey, bro, you know, I know my dad's not a disciple. I don't know if he wants to study the Bible, but can you visit him at the hospital? What Frank Botello did from the Guadalajara church and a few other brothers, they started going once a week to go visit him and just spend time with him. And, and you know, just, just you know, the Mexican culture, if you're, if you're Catholic and you're a little older, you don't want to change your religion. Ah, leave me alone. Get, leave me, ah, don't come here. Read me the Bible. They don't want to know about it. They don't want to hear about it. Well, these brothers, even though they heard that from the dad, he still said, you know what? I just, can you guys just read me the newspaper? Because he liked to read the newspaper. They went for months, sent a brother or the brother himself, Frank Botello, and just read the newspaper to this man. He didn't become a disciple. But you know what? The gratitude this sister has for what the brothers did over there, she is so grateful. Because you know what? Dad had an opportunity to be converted. And even though it didn't happen, they did everything they could to help him and encourage him. Those are the connections that we have with these churches. This is why I know at times you don't get to see it. I wanted to bring it and encourage you that what you give, what you do, what you serve makes such a big impact in other countries. And maybe you're not able, able to go. And maybe someday you will be able to go. But just remember that what you do and what you give is such a fragrant offering to the Lord. And we can't forget that. In closing out, I'll leave you with this quote. That says, giving is not God's way of raising money. It is God's way of raising people into the likeness of his son. We give because it helps our hearts. We give because it reminds us that even there was a point in time maybe we were in need. And God took care of us. And God helped us. Just be reminded of this is why. This is why we give. Because it's making our hearts to be like Christ. Thank you from the MCA in Central America. Uh, if you want to visit the website, there's mcamissions.org and facebook.com MCA Missions. There's a lot more stories there, baptisms, what they're doing. If you want to get connected and see what they're doing, what's happening, this is a website to go to. I, I thank you very much, not only for the people in Mexico City and Central America, but also from the MCA board, that we get to be a part of that. I'm a part of that board. Ruben DeAndos is a part of that board. Steve Marici, Louis Catuño, Robin Heskett, uh, 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 Mr. Uh, Jaime de Anda, Dr. Jaime de Anda, uh, so many brothers there that are still involved in making sure that we are doing our best to make sure that we help these churches continue to grow. Thank you very much. Thank you for the gifts. Love you. Hope to see you again soon. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.